Welcome, welcome, welcome to Tilt. Happy Friday, everybody. Let's call it Full Blown Friday. I got the games, the names, and the lanes your team should be in. Walk with me. It's your boy OG. And if it's your first time joining us, Tilt stands for talking in name of terms. Hate it or love it. We on top. Let's dive right in with Friday's Quick Hits. Okay, first, Friday's Quick Hits. Let's start Major League Baseball Lockout. Come on, people. It's already a failing sport. Why do you want to lock, lock it out? Don't get me wrong. Baseball was my first love, but I don't feel sorry for a sport that's tried to exclude black players on a, in, a, in a major way. So that little... Baseball is not a sport you can speed up because people don't want to sit through a three-hour game. Then it's really not your thing. You're trying to appease fans that are not really fans. Fairweather fans, if you will. Stop it. Get it together. Like I said, I still love baseball, but we need to get it back into the neighborhoods where black kids, inner cities can afford it and things of that nature because it's ridiculous the way it is now. Moving on, our boy Antonio Brown and backup safety Mike Edwards for the Buccaneers is suspended for fake COVID results. Really? Is AB really a knucklehead for real? Edwards probably going to get cut. I'm just saying, come on, AB. Soon as that talent goes away or you, you can't, you're already on the, on the downside of your career. Won't be too much longer before you just get cut. And then it's over with, bro. Then what? Moving on. Seahawks signed Adrian Peterson. From the looks of it in Tennessee, who's geared to, to run, is over for AP. But I could be wrong. I mean, I want him to have one last gasp or whatever the case may be. But, hey, if it's over, it's over. It was great watching him. But Pete's going to give him a shot. And that's all you can ask for. Then we're going to move on to Stephen Durant, Players of the Month. Imagine that. Steph Curry. I think Steph's the best player in the world is Kevin Durant, but Steph's been on one this year. So, like I said, they're right there neck and neck, scoring leaders in the league. I think Durant's on top now by, like, a percentage point. It would be great to see these guys mix it up in the, in, the, in the finals. But like I said, right now Steph's got the better team. If, if Durant gets Kyrie back, we'll just call it even. Then it goes from there. Our guy LeBron passed his COVID protocols, so he may play tomorrow. I mean, why don't you just get a calendar and start marking days off that he doesn't want to play because he don't want to get blamed for uh, the Lakers' ineptitude. Like I said, somebody in the Lakers organization is going to have to look in the mirror and assess what it is that they need to do. Uh, apparently, it's not going to be LeBron James. It's not going to be Frank Vogel, and it's not going to be the front office. So, Jenny Bus, you might need to call Phil. That's all I'm saying. And then the coaching carousel. Starting with Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma, going to USC. Well, Lincoln won't have to look too far for uh, five-star quarterbacks anymore. Uh, the thing at Oklahoma was getting short because it was, it was hard to get guys in there. And then the controversy with Spencer Rattler and Caleb White just didn't sit too well with them. So don't be surprised if uh, Spencer Rattler is the, is the starting quarterback at USC next year. I'm just saying. And then Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame. Wow, shocker. Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU. You know what that means? 
Brian Kelly figured out with all the BS they go through with the academics at Notre Dame, that he couldn't get the guys in there he needed to win a national championship. Because you saw when he went to the national championship against Alabama what happened to him. It was like a mafia hit, and they knew who was coming. So, yeah, O'Brien Kelly wants to, wants to, he wants to raise one of those trophies up. And he'll have a real good chance at, at LSU. So, old St. Nick, you got a little bit of competition now. And then Notre Dame turned around and named Marcus Freeman, 35-year-old African-American coach, the head coach of Notre Dame. Everybody's patting him up. Yeah, that's a great, great job. Glad he got it. I'm not. Because every time something like this happens, they want to throw the black guy in there as a scapegoat. Okay, they had a winning record this year. They're in the top ten or whatever. They're going to a good bowl game. They're not going to sneak into the playoffs, not unless something drastic happens. But the deal is this. Every time something like this happens at a major university, they want to slide a black guy in there to take the if now if he does well, oh yeah, we knew it. But if he does if he does bad, oh he's the scapegoat. Like I said, I'm gonna give him a two year two year run because recruiting's gonna suffer for a little bit. But uh we'll see. But uh I would have turned that job down. I'm just saying. Okay, let's jump into my football college football rundown. It's championship week. So we're going to get that, yep, the playoff thing going. We're going to start with Georgia, number one Georgia, against number three Alabama. The game everybody's been waiting to see all year. The show is here. Those number one dogs want to have Bama for dinner. Will the Tides freshman quarterback be able to handle the pressure? Kirby Smart hasn't always been smart when it comes to winning the SEC championship. Some people say he's due. Well, you know old St. Nick is not one of those people. If the dogs score 20, they win easy with that defense. You got number two, Michigan, versus number 13, Iowa, for the Big Ten Championship. The Wolverines probably coming off the best win for, for them in a decade. Has to avoid looking past the Hawkeyes. That would be a mistake. I'm sure Iowa's going to play tough, but this is where Michigan should separate themselves. If they can't, they are not who we thought they were. Moving on to number four, Cincinnati versus number 21, Houston. It's the can't-stop, won't-stop winning team. Those Bearcats won't go away, but Houston is no walk in the park. But the Bearcats have too much big play capabilities. I don't see the Cougars stopping them, but that's not a stretch. From the surprising Cougar team, I like, I like the Cougars because, like I said, they're sneaky good. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked by an upset. But I'd be shocked by an upset. Okay, we got number five, Oklahoma State versus number nine, Baylor, for the Big 12 championship. I mean, both teams beat Oklahoma, but the Bears, no, no show against TCU. Open the door for Oklahoma State to be sitting in the catbird seat. I think Baylor comes out swinging and sends Oklahoma State packing. Shout out to my daughter, Trinity Sickum. You got number 10, Oregon, against number number 17, Utah. For the Pac-12, the Ducks have already had a taste of the Boogeyman team. I don't see round two being any different. The Utes are scary good in all phases. The Ducks couldn't handle the heat the first time, so I don't really think they're going to be able to have, handle it for the second time around either. But good luck with that. Like I said, the Utes, the Boogeyman of college football. Then we got the ACC, no Clemson. We got number 15, Pittsburgh, against 
uh, number 11, Wake Forest. This should be a great game. Both teams had outstanding years. It simply comes down to who wants it more. Stay tuned. Then we have number 19, San Diego State versus Utah State. The Aztecs still hanging around. And Utah State is about to find out why. Then we have number 24, Louisiana versus Appalachian State. Appalachian State loves being the underdog, and this is no different. Definitely a pick em, but App State has my attention. We gonna see. Okay, moving on to the big boys. Last night we had uh, Dallas Cowboys and Saints, which I thought would be an interesting game. Both, both teams uh, have a couple of losing streaks. First, let's be clear. Both teams stuck up the joint. And I'll say this again. Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. But Dak didn't look like a quarterback last night either. Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore sucks as an OC. Sucks as an OC. And it's sad. We're not looking like a team who could win at all. Zeke needs to sit. When we are behind. But, I mean, we weren't really behind uh, last night. But he didn't look good. And, and Dak needs to let the ball go. This was like watching paint dry. I'm all for them boys. But something's got to change. Something's got to change. Kellen Moore needs to be able to call a complete game. That defense is overrated. Because if, if you just look at it and you run the ball. And you keep pounding them. You can do whatever you want. Like I say, it's just digs. He is as good as, as, as advertised, but even though he got an interception last night, I mean, they didn't look good. That, that's all I'm saying. These next three games coming up, play the Washington football team twice and the Giants once. Uh, they need to work out the kinks. They need to pound these guys to send a statement. Because if not, you're looking at first or second round exit easy. Now let's start with the games for this uh, Sunday, you got Tampa Bay versus Atlanta. I mean, this is just another stat pad mission for TB12. Even without AB, the Falcons are no match. Matty Ice will get melted this Sunday. You got Arizona versus Chicago. It really doesn't matter who will be on the center for the Cardinals. It spells doom for the Chicago defense without Khalil Mack. Andy Dalton picked the wrong place to revive his career or end it. You choose, you choose. I keep Justin Fields sidelined until the coaching spot is given the nod for the future because Nagy looks like he's going to be out of there. You got the Chargers versus the Bengals. The two young guns go at it. Mr. Herbert looks to be a future star, but hold on. Joe Bur Burrow is definitely in the conversation. The question is, whose defense shows up? Look for fireworks offensively. Minnesota versus Detroit. Captain Carrick and the Vikes been on a roll. They've been on a roll and their lines keep getting close. But that's too much firepower for the hapless lines maybe next year. The New York Giants versus Miami. The G-Men Fire Offensive Coordinator Jason Garrett and get a win. Imagine that. Imagine that Tua has showed up like a first-round draft pick the last few games. I think, I think he will show up again against the Giants. Stay tuned. Philly versus the Jets. Jalen Hurts flat-out balls every Sunday. 
this Sunday will be no different. Zach Wilson, back in the saddle, shows promise, but is still not ready. Look for Hurts to do his thing in a win. Colts versus Texans. Carson Wentz almost beat the, beat the Bucks last week. This week, the Texans are just what the wounded Colts need. Division rival redemption. Look for Taylor to run wild. Then we have the Washington football team versus the Raiders. Every time I look to count the Washington football team out, they win a game. Same with the uh, mistake-prone Raiders. This is definitely a toss-up. He who makes the fewest mistakes wins. Rams versus the Jags. It's not all bad for Trevor Lawrence. He gets to see up close and personal how it should be done. And it will be done to the Jags Sunday by the high-powered offense. The miseducation of Trevor Lawrence continues. Then you have Baltimore versus Pittsburgh. Lamar steps back into the matrix to prove he is the one. Sorry, Ben, but you're Mr. Anderson and your time is up. Even after four interception performance, I think Lamar is good enough to end the Steelers' playoff hopes. We will see. <clears throat> 49ers versus Seattle. The Niners seem to have righted the ship by keeping it simple and just going with what works. And that's Jimmy G at this point. The Seahawks are in disarray in the front office and on the field. The Hawks are road warriors and suck at home, even with the 12th man. Sorry, Russell. Denver versus Kansas City. The, Chief has, the Chiefs have almost got it clicking, getting their running back back into the, to the mix. But Teddy Two Gloves loves being a spoiler. The Denver defense has actually played better without Von Miller. Let's see if they can sack the cheat code. That is Patty Mahomes and Tyreek Deuces Hill. Stay tuned. Monday night, New England versus Buffalo. I'll call this the overrated bowl. Buffalo has underachieved all year, but somehow Josh Allen is still in the MVP talks. And Charlie Checkdown, Mr. System quarterback himself, has been the ultimate opportunist behind the Patriots defense. This is why Belichick has the rings. Get to the rookie. Get to the rookie. Game over. Josh Allen not lighting this defense up. That's all I'm saying. And we're going to talk a little college basketball. Top 20, if you will. Uh, let's start with Duke. Duke slayed the Gonzaga Dragon, then promptly lost to Ohio State. Bad guard play, and the bigs got outworked. Yeah, that's what I said in my scouting report. Number two, Purdue has impressive resume so far and are for real. No hype. They are a complete team. Number three, Gonzaga. How are these frauds still in the top five? It's all politics. If you're in the top five and you lose, you should not be in the top five. Facts. It's not football. There's no style victories. Number four, Baylor. The defending champs just rolling along. They should be number two after the weekend. Yeah, they're still that good. Check out number 11 for the Baylor Bears. He's like Kyrie-esque. I'm just saying. Number five, UCLA has fallen back to earth, but now a more focused bunch. The Pac-12 is in trouble. Number six, Villanova. Surprising at six after two losses to power teams. Still, a loss is a loss. They should be out of the top ten. That's just facts. Number seven, Texas. Has been Cupcake City so far. Like I said, they'll be, they'll be middle of the pack. They got a bunch of transfers. And uh, Chris Beard is not going to be their savior this year. 
Number eight, Kansas. Shocking loss to Dayton, but Dayton is no ordinary mid-major, and they proved it. Uh, they're, like, they're the continuance from the OB Toppin team that never got to play in a tournament. They're probably better. Number nine, Kentucky. The Cats are trying to gel. Perry probably is going to do one of his best coaching jobs this year if he can get these guys to buy in. Because they can win. They can win the SEC. They're, they're that talented. Number 10, Arkansas. Still a cupcake schedule so far. The ranking, the, the ranking is not warranted. We'll see down the road. Number 11, Arizona. Is already in rebuild in process. In process. They're already on the right track. Being ranked at 11. Number 12, BYU. Just think Hoosiers. Fundamentals with beat talent if the right opportunity arises. You don't want to get into fundamental basketball with these guys. Number 13, Tennessee. The Vols coach will have them in the mix. They are young but ready. 14, Florida. Not battle-tested. Oklahoma beat them, beat them down. They shouldn't be at 14. Number 15, Houston. They're rough. They're rugged is what they are. They will be in every game they play and win the majority. A few notches below Baylor last year, but same type of tenacity. Yeah, Kelvin Sampson will have these guys ready to go against anybody, anywhere, anytime. Number 16, Alabama. Just got upset by owner. Not top 20 worthy. I mean, even though the owner team was coached by... Uh, Rick Pitino, they still should have handled their business, but I don't want to got them. Rick Pitino can recruit. Number 17, UConn, UConn trying to get back to big boy status. Couldn't handle Michigan State. There's work to do. Number 18, Memphis, very young team. Penny's whipping them, in, whipping them into shape. They got a long way to go. Number 19, Iowa State, the Cyclones are not battle-tested. Not top top 20 is a stretch, but they got them in there. And finally at 20, we got USC. Soft schedule so far. The Trojan fans hype, but they won't they won't make any noise this year. I'm just keeping it real with you. And it's for my Tar Heel haters out there. Yes, I'm a Tar Heel fan, and yes, they lost back-to-back -back weeks. Uh, they had them ranked at 18. I thought they should be higher. If they play together, they'll be back in the top 25, where I don't know. Uh, I don't think they're as good as a top 10 team, but we are Carolina. We're good, period. So all those that were premature, prematurely planning the demise of Tar Heel Nation, uh, Michigan got work Wednesday night. Uh, the big guy in the middle for Michigan supposed to be All-American. Uh, Garcia, the freshman for UNC, worked them over. Like I said, we might reload. It might not be a automatic machine gun, but it's a shotgun. Shoots just the same. So, and we, oh yeah, and we still own Tobacco Road. Moving on. NBA. Things about the NBA. Uh, the Warriors, they get tamed by the Suns. The Suns, 17 wins in a row. Are they for real? Steph didn't play particularly well. Well, the Suns play old school basketball inside out. And they got the chemistry going and everything. 
I didn't think they'd be a contender this year. I thought they'd probably be like in the fifth seed or something like that. And that still may may happen, depending on whether Chris Paul gets hurt or not. But campaign behind him, he's grown a little bit, so he knows how to run that team now. But they're definitely going to be in the top five. Now, the Warriors are loaded. Why Steph played that bad, I have no idea. But the bench tried to pick him up. Because the Warriors are the best team in basketball right now, even though Phoenix is on the 17-game winning streak. If they play five times, I only give them, I don't really give Phoenix one. But they got their one, so you have to give them credit. LeBron is falling apart, gets hurt every week. It's not so much his, his physicality, it's probably his psyche. Because he's the one that's going to have to explain this team he put together and the people he traded. Yeah, LeBron traded their future for one ring. They got that ring. It's downhill from here, partner. Good luck with that. Another thing about the Lakers, like I said, they refuse to look in the mirror. They refuse to look in the mirror. And I keep saying that they need to turn the team over to Anthony Davis. They can't turn it over to Mr. Softy. They can't. Love AD. He's talent personified. But he's soft as ice cream in the summertime. And he can't lead a team. Like I said, he, he's a lead-by-example guy. You know, the, the hype and the jumping up and down. No. He's not the guy that can get in the huddle and say, do your job. And to this point, nobody on the Laker team will get in the huddle and say, do your job. Russ probably get in there and be ready to fight somebody. So, I'm just saying. And Kimba Walker got benched. Why would you bring Kimba to New York if you're going to bench him for Alex Burks, who you already had? You could have got some other pieces. Like I said, the Knicks have too many of the same player. That's why it's not working out. And then some injuries. Derrick Rose is the old guy, but he's still putting in work. Kimba's not. Kimba's too good to be sitting on the bench. That knee injury has been hampering him for the last three years, but getting passed around like he's getting passed around. Alex Burks over Kimba? Come on. Be for real. Embiid's back. He's struggling with coming back from the COVID. Uh, he didn't look too good last game, but looks like he's rounding himself into shape. He's trying to he's trying to get back in because he's going to have to carry this team if Ben Simmons never shows up again, which he's probably going to have to if he wants to resurrect his basketball career. But nobody in his camp has told him that yet. So, yeah, get well soon, Embiid. Harden doesn't want to ring. Harden doesn't want a ring, to me. He wants the fame, the money, he wants the records, but he doesn't want a ring. I've watched KD play with this guy this year, and I'm just like, okay, when is he going to start playing? Because the two-man game will be perfect for them, but it's like he doesn't want to play the two-man game with KD. I guess he doesn't want him to score more points than him. I don't know what it is, but like I tell everybody, and Harden should know this from their days in OKC. Kevin Durant is going to get his no matter the circumstance. He's not going to cry for the ball. He's not going to cry to the coach. He's not going to try to, you know, justify what you're doing. He's going to go out there and get buckets. A.K. Durantula, when he was younger, tentacles everywhere to, to easy money sniper he gonna get 27 no matter what you do he gonna get 27 and if you really young he gonna get 40 and if you make him mad he'll get 50 
I'm just saying, James Harden doesn't want to ring. Because he's got the guy to get one with, but he don't want to ring. Okay, and how long will Chauncey last in Portland? Eh, I thought it was going to be some growing pains between him and Dame. But he's making it obvious he's trying to turn Portland into the 2004 Pistons. And he's got C.J. McCollum leading the way. That's the new rip. And I guess he wants Chauncey, he wants Dame to be him. But guess what? Dame's a better player than you, Chauncey. Yeah, you got a ring, but you were a journeyman. Dame's a bona fide superstar. So, I don't know how long. It's, I think at some point, if uh, the chemistry doesn't improve, they're going to make a choice. It's either going to be Dame. It's going to be Chauncey. And I think Dane will probably leave because, like I said, they just – I think Chauncey's a good guy, but he, he's going to have to have his guys in there. So, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, maybe they're working something out that I don't know about, but we're going to see. I would hate to see Dane leave. Say Chauncey's – I don't know. Chauncey's a Colorado guy anyway, so, you know, the left coast doesn't bother him. But, yeah, watching them play, kind of like, mm, I don't think that's going to work. But we'll see. John Wall wants to play now. John Wall, baby. I miss him in D.C. I wish there was some way he could go back. But doesn't seem to be the case. And he made some this deal he made with the Wizards not to play. Uh, I mean, I would think they would want him to mentor uh, Porter Jr., young, exciting point guard coming up, or at least start to give Green you know, more leeway if you got him – on the court, you know, there won't be as much double teaming, but uh, nobody wants to pay the ninety-one million. I mean, the contract is a contract, and I'm not giving up ninety-one million either. But uh, Clippers, they need to come on because they need him more than anybody. Because Kawhi's not coming back this year. I don't know why they think he is just because he's showing up to the games. Kawhi's not coming back. Sorry, have to be the bearer of bad news, but he's not coming back. Then last. Zion may have ate himself into a hole. Zion looks like has no, he has, he doesn't want to play for the Pelicans. He's trying to run this contract out to the end of the year. He looks like a lineman for the Bears. He doesn't want to play for them instead of just being honest with them. Because, I mean, they basically know. Willie Green, first-year coach, he pretty much knows that his star player is not going to be there the majority of the time this year. So he's trying to get other guys involved. He's trying to get Brandon Ingram to uh, expand his role, you know. But, yeah, it's a bad look, Zion. And then if he goes somewhere and gets hurt again, who's to say his career is not over? But you know them Duke guys. I'm not going to label Zion a bust just yet because he hasn't played enough to be a bust. But his luck is terrible. That's all I'm saying. Then we're going to go to boxing, and I'm going to close it out. First of all, Teofimo Lopez, until you get another belt, nobody's talking to you. Nobody in boxing is going to talk to you until you get another. And that's going to be a couple of years because you did a lot of crazy things when you got the belts. And But you know you know what karma is. I don't, I don't have to tell you. So nobody's fighting you. you you're definitely out of the picture. And then, I'm not even going to go off on Javante Davis for his fight coming up. Talking about he has something to prove. Well, you do. That you can fight a contender at 135. Before you have to go to 147 and get your ass kicked. By Crawford, Spence, Porter, 
Thurman, Garcia. What are you going to prove by beating this walkover? And Devin Haney has called you out. You're a clown until you fight somebody. Noteworthy. Oh, last but not least, you're not Floyd. Or in his class. You know, you're a good fighter. Average boxer. Knockout power both hands, but not special. Your day is coming, and you know it. The last boxer is Ryan Garcia, who got mentally ill when uh, he found out Devin Haney was his mandatory. Now, Cambosis beats Teofimo, and you think you should be next in line to step in. Uh, Mr. Garcia, you got to pay some dues and stop hiding. You can't beat any of the stars in your weight class. Uh, run to 140 before you get your ass kicked. I mean, Hall of Fame ass kicking. You can tell your grandkids about it. Or do us all a favor and, and just quit. Because I don't even think you could beat Cambosis. Well, maybe, but you don't deserve that fight. Stick to your Instagram fans, Ryan Garcia. And I wish you well in therapy. But if you get that fight, yeah, something's really wrong with boxing. Like I said, that's all I have for this Friday. Like I said, it's your boy OG. Full-blown full blown Friday. And as always, I'm O-U-T.